Welcome to the podcast. Every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Well, hello. Welcome to the Leadership Podcast. It is... uh, a beautiful cold day today outside, getting ready for the Christmas season and all that comes with that. And uh, I'm glad to be with you to talk about what I've been thinking about in regard to leadership uh, lately. And and uh, it has to do with um, the, that inner being, that inner self. One of the things I've been speaking about lately has to do with Ecclesiastes 5, which which talks about something um, very critical in terms of the inner being of the leader, the, the soul status of the leader. In Ecclesiastes 5.1, Solomon wrote, watch your step when you enter God's house, enter to learn. That's far better than mindlessly offering a sacrifice, doing more harm than good. Don't shoot off your mouth or speak before you think. Don't be too quick to tell God what you think he wants to hear. God's in charge, not you. The less you speak, the better. Uh, so that's first thing, is this idea that, that even when it comes to our relationship with God, which God's house doesn't mean when you go into a church, it means whenever you acknowledge, hey, I'm in God's presence is what that actually means. Because God's not limited to a temple anymore. And uh, so that idea of being a listener and a learner. My good friend Ryan Hawk leads a broadcast, a podcast that I would heartily recommend, The Learning Leader Show. And I told him a while back, I said, you stole, you stole the name that, we, that I, I would have used for a podcast. Because that's so much of being a leader is entering to learn. You know, not only in our relationship with God that we're always learning and growing, we're not chattering about and busying about with a bunch of unfocused activity, but we we have a focused learning. I'll tell you right now, you know, I I one of the things I'm enjoying about uh, the period of life I'm in is more than ever uh, I have the capacity to commit more time to reading. So at any given time, I'm reading four or five books. And the enjoyment of that, it comes a lot through reading and then also thank God for audible books because I'm able to take in more there. But one of the things it does is it it gets my mind because I'm I'm learning different, um, I have different inputs coming into my life. I'm my brain goes to work. That's the only way I know how to put it. I love how the brain works when you commit yourself to reading broadly, to to reading across multiple disciplines, multiple planes, that the, the brain goes to work. So I just, I opened up on my Kindle what I've been reading right now. So I mentioned a few weeks ago that I just finished Daniel Pink's book, When... I'm still reading How to Be an Imperfectionist by Stephen Geis because I've been doing a lot of reading on that with uh, Brene Brown's book on on the subject this year. Um, I'm still I'm rereading The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker, which has totally totally changed what 
uh, how I view every meeting, whether it be a large meeting like our weekends at Southbrook or a small meeting like I'll have at my uh, house tonight. Uh, but the art of gathering, how we meet and why it matters. I'm re- I just finished Heavy by Kais Lehman, which is an American memoir of what it means to be an American, but more specifically, what it was like to be a, a, a young African-American man growing up in the 1980s in Mississippi. Uh, very well written. And uh, But I'm also reading the Frank Miller series of Daredevil, Volume 1. And uh, that comes as a result of, I love the Daredevil character. When Austin and I were talking about it on our Chuck podcast a few weeks ago, I, uh, I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reread that because I love the origin story and how faith mixes with um, our identity. And, I'm, and I just finished reading Andy Stanley's book, Irresistible, Reclaiming the New That Jesus Unleashed for the World. What's my point? My point is that when you commit to being a learner and you don't stay in one area, when you, when you listen well, in other words, you, you enter your day to learn, you enter your relationship with God to learn. Not that I have the answers, but, that, but I'm seeking the right questions. Uh, when you s- speak less than you listen, as he says in Ecclesiastes 5.2, don't shoot off your mouth or speak before you think. Don't be too quick to tell God what you think he wants to hear. When you live that way, um, which I haven't enough, when you live that way, if today you'll be more of an absorber than an expresser when it comes to pithy statements of wisdom and opinions, tweets, texts, um, your brain just goes to work at a sharper level of diagnosis of um, solution than when you're constantly, constantly on the output side of interaction. And uh, so that's one thing I've been thinking of lately. And then later on, he says this, the, in verse four, he says, then when you tell God you'll do something, do it now. God takes no pleasure in foolish gabble. Vow it, then do it. Far better not to vow in the first place than to vow and not pay up. And so this is something I've been talking about a great deal lately and thinking about is this, in this, this importance of vow making, this importance of making commitments and sticking with them. Uh, now, that verse may seem counterproductive to the process of as an individual, as a leader, making vows or commitments, because there's a fearful element to that. And that fearful element is don't be flippant, because you pay for the vows you say, but you don't keep. And God takes note of that. And so there is a, there, there is a seriousness to the vows we make. At weddings, I frequently say, you know, people will say, I don't, we don't need a paper to tell us that we love each other. What's the point of marriage? And it's not about the paper. It's about the promise. The promise is a big deal. And usually I'll quote this verse this, that Solomon said, man, vows are big to God, our verbal statements of commitment. And I say this because as a leader, while we want to make commitments thoughtfully, meditatively, with good process, I want to encourage you to to 
to make commitments in the quiet of your life, to make vows, so to speak, to God. And here's why I say that. Just as um, a marriage does not sustain, I'm sorry, your, your, yeah, your marriage does not sustain your vows. It's your vows that sustain your marriage. Sometimes when you're in the trenches of married life and it is rough sailing, rough, not to mix metaphors, but rough walking, that it's those vows that keep you in it. I made a vow. I made a vow. This is true of leadership. How many times I've wanted to exit out the easy passage of leadership responsibility? I've struggled with it my entire professional life with actually really being well fit for what I do. And so there are times when it got really harrowing in its difficulties that I just wanted to exit. I wanted to take out the easy path. But in November of 1986, in front of a bunch of people, I made a vow. I, I, I made a vow that I was going to give my life to the church, to building the church that Christ established. So my commitment organizationally was going to be to the local church. And that has kept me in the game to where now I look back and there's no way I would have done this had I known what I was getting into. And I'm thankful I didn't know what I was getting into because I'm so glad that I have. It took me 25, 30 years. It took me 25 years to love just about everything that I do. But that 25-year journey of sustained by vows, keeping me in it, I am so glad. Think of the things that you have quit that you wish you wouldn't have quit. Piano lessons, golf lessons, weight loss programs, workout regimens, whatever it is. Think of the things that if you, if you hadn't quit those, what, how different your life would be today. And what is it a year from now that wish you wish you'd vowed? One year from today, if you'd have vowed that and started that today as a leader, maybe it's a simple reading goal. Maybe it's uh, the formation of your soul through a commitment to solitude a certain amount of time a day, to scripture, to service, to doing things that nobody sees, to support, to being involved in intentional relationships of mutual support, or choosing significant events that stretch you and form you. Making a vow in one of those or more of those areas and marking it today. Mark it in your journal. And one year from today, put it in your journal that you're going to look back and say, I was glad I made that vow and I stuck to it. Trust me, not only does God not forget our vows, we don't forget our vows. When we thoughtfully, through due process, said, I don't make vows all the time, but I am vowing this, there is something formative about it in our minds. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie McMahon. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.